All right, let's roll. Um, yep, welcome back. No intro. Another edition of Judd's Buds. Uh, episode two or three. I never decided um, after the last one if that was actually episode one or episode two. So whichever one you decided, all six of you that listened, um, whatever. It's episode two or three. Anyways, um, yeah, like I said, I can't really do an intro. Um, I was hoping to do this about eight hours ago. Um, and that didn't happen. Uh, because my house is an absolute fucking insane asylum. And it was, number one, too loud. Uh, number two, my dogs, who are both here. There's one right there in the... Uh, well, actually, there's people listening that aren't watching, so this makes no sense. Uh, there's one right there in my comforter, that little rat. He's more like a squirrel than a dog. Uh, he's an idiot. And then the actual dog is on the couch right behind me, both out cold right now, but they were running up and down the stairs, barking at everything. Um, I don't know why. It's it's It didn't really make sense, but there was about 11 different uh, mail and or FedEx deliveries that were going on. Um, so that took up about like a good two and a half hours, and then it was just super loud forever. So I started watching the NHL games, thinking, oh, it should quiet down soon. Um, and by the time these games are over, like the early games, I'm talking about the the Leafs and the Rangers, and uh, what was the other game? I can't remember. It was such a long time ago, I can't even remember. Uh, but I was like, you know, by the time those games are over, uh, oh, Philly and Seattle. Oh, my God, that was bad. Uh, you know, it'll be quiet and whatever. I'll be able to be done this episode by the time those games are done um and that didn't happen so then the later game started still super loud uh so you know i said fuck it um started drinking a couple beers kept being loud uh and then right around midnight it finally was quiet again um that was an hour and a half ago uh my dogs continued to be insane so i still couldn't start um, and then 1 a.m. I could finally have enough quiet. My dogs finally came in the room and like went to sleep. And then I realized, oh shit, I have a bunch of shifts from some of the prospects. I still need to watch and cut some film. So I had to do that before I started. And it is 1.40 in the morning. So if you're tuning in uh, on Tuesday morning, that might actually literally be impossible because someone's going to have to edit this uh, by the time it goes or before it goes out. Um, if you're listening to this on Tuesday morning, there's a good chance I finished recording about two hours before that. Right. So like if you're tuning in, I don't really know what time this is going to go out. But like when you wake up, like on your morning commute, um, there's a good chance I haven't fallen asleep yet. Uh, it's it's literally 1.43 Eastern time, whatever. Um, and I'm just starting now. So that's great. I said no intro, and here we are four minutes in uh, with no intro, but just uh, a filibuster on why I haven't uh, done shit yet. 
Um, so sorry to Isha or Hoppy, whoever's editing this. Um, last week I was like, you know, ha ha ha. It's Monday, like late afternoon, early evening. They're not going to have a ton of time to edit this before it goes out. And here I am literally, I don't know, hours before this week. So next week I might even just wait until like 6 a.m. my time to start recording. But let's just move on, right? We don't need to, we don't need to keep doing this. We can just move on and start talking about hockey. Um, yeah. So. After that intro, no intro. Here we go. Um, last week was insane. I did not know that I was going to continue talking for like an hour and a half. Um, you know what? Let's blame Hoppy though, because he kind of just came in halfway through my Kyle's Ma- Kyle Masters talk. So, you know, without that, it would have been almost an acceptable amount of time to podcast about like a bunch of fucking kids playing hockey but he fucked that up so that's not my bad um all right no that's my bad so i can't do that again we're not gonna do that again we're gonna make this not an hour and a half hopefully it's more like 30 or 40 minutes um i'm not gonna talk about every single prospect just because number one i caught most of their games or at least I'd say a good 80% of their shifts I watched of every single kid. Uh, Obviously watched both wild games because they started. uh, Fuck that one up last podcast. I thought they were on day two of the NHL. Nope, that didn't. That was so not even close. Uh, I think they were like day three was their first game. But yeah, so my bad there. Um, And then Iowa had two games. Um, didn't catch either one, went back and rewatched half of like both games. Um, only because there's only like a couple kids on that team. I really feel like people want to know about, or to be honest with you, like as good as that team is like worth bringing up in a Minnesota wild prospect podcast. So didn't catch that whole thing yet. Um, I am going to go back tomorrow and actually watch both games in full and maybe make fun of myself on Twitter because the Lord knows I'm going to forget, I don't know, 80 things I want to talk about today because it's 2 o'clock in the morning. Um, But here's what I'm thinking for this one because, once again, I fucked up and didn't ask for questions or tell anybody that I was uh, recording this podcast before right now, 2 a.m., technically Tuesday, the day it comes out. Um, but yeah, no, I can't go an hour and a half. So what I'm going to do, uh, there's been a couple headlines since I last talked to you fuckers. Um, obviously there's been a couple hockey games. What I'll do is touch on the big stuff, the big points. So we'll talk about the two briefly talk about the actual wild games, those two games. Um, because again, this is a podcast about prospects not the actual team but i mean i i need a good amount of time to talk about doing so yeah um touch on some iowa stuff i'll touch on the Lodnia, ivan Lodnia news that came out like a couple hours <laughs> it's not been a couple hours it's been like basically half a day at this point um 
And then I will, instead of doing like a full prospect roundup where I talk about every single kid that played, what I want to do is touch on a couple that had big weeks. Um, and then after I do that, I'll just kind of skim through the rest of the guys who played and maybe what even if they did because there are a couple guys that played well but not worthy of more than like 30 seconds of me saying you know they did this they did that uh skim through that and then we'll uh get the fuck out of here um because again an hour and a half is such a long time um and thinking about me talking basically to myself out loud into this microphone for an hour and a half at two o'clock in the morning. Um, that's insane. So for anyone that actually listened to the whole hour and a half last week, God bless you. Um, there might be something wrong with you. Uh, I don't, Thing. I mean, I don't really have a choice, but I don't know if I could like listen to myself talk for an hour and a half straight. So you should um, you should get that checked out. You should go to the doctor and check out what what the fuck's wrong with you, or just get a psychologist, psychiatrist, whatever. Um, all right. So again, no intro, but that was ten minutes. Let's just dive right into it. So this week. Minnesota Wild, two games, 2-0, on track for 82-0, first team ever. Um, they looked all right. Looked pretty good, right? I mean, like, fuck, 2-0, start start your season, your first actual normal season with fans um, on the road. I'll take 2-0 any day. Um, and listen, I think the Kings are actually good. I think they're going to be good. I wanted to put them in the playoffs this season, especially in the Pacific, but I just couldn't do it. I thought they looked like, I think that filled an O signing and then guys like Velarde who were poised to take next step. That rookie Kachev sick. Lias Anderson looked way more comfortable in LA than he did in New York. Um, Kopitar's Kopitar. Guys like Ayafalo Kempe, they don't get as much love as they should. I thought that was a, I think I, I think that's a good team. So, um, that was obviously game two, and they put up a much bigger fight than Anaheim. It's funny. No, we no, we should start with game one. Let's just forget everything I just said about LA. Don't edit this hobby. We're just going live. Fuck it, we'll do it live. Um. They kind of kicked the shit out of Anaheim, right? Like, you look at the num the like the baseline stats, like shots, whatever. Uh, they kind of kicked the shit out of them. Um, but like, story of our lives, like they just didn't put up as many goals as they probably should have. Um, that being said, like, I'll take that though. You know. You you play like good hockey, but don't finish as many chances as you probably should, but still win. Game one of a new season. And not just that, but like game one of a season 
that you really haven't it's been like two actual off seasons if that makes any sense like last year was so weird i feel like so many guys are probably just like wiping that out completely from their memory so this is like starting fresh again from two years ago and all i mean like all things being equal like I didn't hate it at all. I thought there were a lot. There was a lot of things like there's a lot of things that I was like, oh man, they look sloppy. Um, but I think every team's had that so far. But again, this is a wild prospect podcast. So Brandon Duham, what did I tell you? What have I been saying for months? What have I been saying since last season? The kid's ready. Uh, he doesn't belong in the AHL. He's got really nothing left to prove the AHL level um, which sounds confusing to people because usually when you say that you're talking about a kid that's putting up 30 and 30 right but no uh, he's doing exactly what the wild want him to do for his like I don't want to say for a career because he hasn't scored yet but like that style that he brings um what he excels at he it was on full display right like you didn't watch him in either game and be like oh man he just looks he looks intimidated like he looks nervous he looks he's probably not ready for the moment no the kid slipped on a puck in his rookie lap which if that puck by the way hasn't been incinerated already and tossed it's burned um, Anaheim should be re- relocated to like Quebec or something. But kid slips on a puck in his rookie lap. God, that was so funny. Um, but he just comes out and he's just like, yeah, no, I belong here. I'm not going back to the A. And I'm telling you, like, that's what he does. Sorry, my dog's having a nightmare. This is incredible. Oh, no, he's done. Okay. Um, Just energy, pace, sneaky skill, super smart player. There were a few times in the first and second period, I was like, oh, my God, he scored. Nope. Damn it. But, like, the kid just puts himself in those spots um, that he's going to make a difference. He does the little things. He'll finish hits. He will take an extra two hard strides to beat out an icing before he changes. And I think that was on full display in both games. So that kid's going nowhere. And what did Dean Evison say after game two? I think it was after game two where he had that goal wiped out. Uh, I could rant about that. It was probably the right call, but it was a terrible call. It was probably the right call. It was a terrible call. Should have counted it. Those cowards uh, decided to wipe it off the board. Um, but, but like, but what was he doing on that play? Finishing the play. High hockey IQ. Doing the little things. The things that don't necessarily always show up on the score sheet. Uh, he does those things without being told. No one had to coach him on that. That's just how he plays. That's just who he is. That's Brandon Duham hockey, right? Uh, but what did 
Everson say, again, I think it was after game two. He said he looks like a lot like Moose, don't he? That's never a bad comparison. Correct. Right? Like, so he's now played in two NHL games and hasn't shown any reason to not believe in him. He's been, you want to go by the underlying metrics? Let's do that. First game, I believe he was individually, his expected goals were 0.27, which were third highest on the team. Game two, uh, point what? I wrote it down. Hold on. 0.61, I think it was, which was first on the team. So the kids playing nine minutes in the first game, 13 minutes in game two, no special teams time. And he's naturally just in the right spot, making the right plays where he's expected to score a goal. Literally did. And those coward refs made the right call, made a terrible call and took the goal away from him. Cowards, terrible people. Um, but listen, uh, like I've said for months, the kid's ready. The kid belongs on this hockey team. He's an NHL player. Is his ceiling that of an Adam Beckman of a Marco Rossi? No, but that's not what you really need, especially when you have a prospect pool like Minnesota's, right? Like you do need that third line, fourth line grinder who's going to hit people, who's going to fight, who's going to do the dirty things in hockey, play those dirty, nasty minutes that you don't want Rossi or Beckman playing. So that's why he's here and he's fitting in. And again, Everson just compared him to Marcus Foligno, which I think is a perfect comparison if he hits a ceiling, which I think he is more than capable of. Just the type of person he is, the type of player he is. So really, really, really positive showing from him. I think everyone was impressed. I didn't see anyone saying, ah, oh, this kid wasn't ready. Let's call up Beckman. Right? Like, we don't want Beckman here not playing on the power play of playing nine minutes. Again, I'm not going to dive into that for the millionth time, but... This is why he's here. Um, the bad thing about that. I've said it before. Um, I think I was on Locked on Wild with Seth Tupal. Seth, if that's not how you say your last name, I'm so sorry. It definitely isn't. My, so my apologies. But I think the emergence of Brandon Duhame more than likely spells the end of Jordan Greenway in Minnesota. Now, I love Jordan Greenway. I think he's an awesome kid. He's very entertaining. He's been trending up since he started here, like literally just looking at his points. Um, and obviously last season he put together his best offensive year to date. Um, but what's he 24 I want to say he's an RFA at the end of this year uh makes 2.1 right now and there's no reason that he's going to be okay with like a pay decrease uh he's gonna want more money he's gonna want more than one or two years probably unless he's like desperate to stay here he's not taking like one year league minimum obviously um I think his qualifying offer is like 2-4, 2-3. So even that, it's not super palatable, especially if you're the Minnesota Wild who have this year of like negligible amount of cap hit penalty for those buyouts of Parise and Suter. 
uh, but for the next three years after this, I believe it's three years, it goes from like 12, six to whatever, 14 million each. So now you need guys making a million or less stepping in, making a difference. Brandon Duhame signed for the next two years at league minimum 750. I'll be honest with you, at the end of his next contract, I doubt he's getting more than 1.2 million. Jordan Greenway, we know that management really still doesn't like trust him to the nth degree in terms of like, hey, let's give this kid four by five. Like they don't. And I understand that. Like, do you feel comfortable giving that kid a long-term contract at like even if it's not big dough, but like medium dough that he's going to be able to like be that guy, whether it's a second or third line power forward on a Stanley Cup winning team. I love Jordan Greenway. Love him to death. Would love for him to stay here, but I think this really does spell the end for him. Duhame brings a lot of what he brings, maybe not as much scoring touch, but he makes up for it in speed, hockey IQ. Um, I think he's probably a more reliable player defensively, to be honest with you. And again, like this sounds like I'm shitting on Jordan Greenway, and I don't want to do that, but that to me, that's just reality. So, you know, it sucks, but even if Duhame wasn't here, I don't really see long term like a future for Jordan Greenway, especially given the cap situation they're in uh, for them to re-up him at any kind of like more than one year deal and let's say it's even like so whether it's this year the deadline or it's I don't know in the offseason I don't even I don't really know what he would go for in the offseason when he's already up for contract but let's say they deal him at the deadline don't expect them to go and get like a big center that's making money <laughs> Because it's not going to happen. Um, let's say he goes for futures. Let's say you somehow get like a first round pick because he's 6'4, he's 230, he hits, he likes to fight, and he has some kind of offensive touch, aka every like general manager's wet dream. Um, let's say you somehow get like a first round pick or second round pick or a couple picks, the next two drafts. These two drafts, 2022, 2023, they're fucking loaded. So if you get futures out of that that's found money like you're either going to get draft picks that are in the future going to have big time value but you also gain a roster spot for guys like rem pitlick who you know i love uh adam beckman matt Boldy. so or and brandon duheim 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 obviously so let's leave it at that for the duheim goot Doheim Greenway train. Let's just leave it at that. Okay. Um, he fits in. He's not going anywhere. I absolutely could see him by the end of the season filling in on that third line and having absolutely no problem. I don't think it'll be too long before he scores his first goal. I mean, he was so close both nights, literally did score. And of course, the guy pushing fucking Quick's pad into the net was Nico Sturm and not Brandon Doheim, but. It's the way the cookie crumbles, boys. Um, so, yeah, all good on that front. Good for him. There's a goal coming. And uh, not to say I told you so, but I fucking told you so. Brandon Duhame is that dude. He's for real. So let's move on.
Yeah, there's no fucking chance I don't go long. It's already been 24 fucking minutes. I just stop swearing. Oh my God. Jesus Christ. Um, let's see. Let's talk about. Oh, let's talk about this. Okay. Yeah. No. So next we got, we got, we got to do the Lodnia. Um. So let me read the tweet from Russo out. Um. Here we go. So for those of you who do not know who Ivan Lodnia is, um. Third round pick 2017. Um, a lot of people had him pegged late second, early third. Um, so, it, you know, whatever. It was a good pick at the time. Um, so Russo tweeted out, Minnesota Wild have informed Ivan Lodnia's agent that the prospect is suspended from the team for not reporting to the ECHL Iowa City. Lodnia, who returned home to California after not making the AHL Iowa Wild, is still deciding whether he'll report or not. As of now, he will be unpaid. So, this kid decided that after not making the AHL team in Iowa, he was going to just leave. And he was not going to go to Iowa City, which is literally like an hour and a half away or their stadium or whatever, or stadium, arena. Uh, he decided he was too good for that. You know, I, you know, let me take that back. I take that back. I don't want to say that. I don't know the kid. I've watched a lot of him over the last few years. I like Ivan Lodney. I thought he had potential to be like a bit of a sleeper, especially in this prospect pool. Um, But... <sighs> I can't really wrap my head around him showing up to camp playing the way he played, obviously not making the team, and then saying, nope, I'm out. I'm not doing that. I'm not going to Iowa City. I'm not going to the ECHL. Um, you know... I don't know if he's just like bummed at again. I don't know the kid personally, so I'm not going to sit here and say he's being cocky. I'm not going to say any of that shit, Uh, but I don't really know where he's. uh, I don't really know where he's coming up with this idea that he's too good for the ECHL. Listen, like uh, let me read you his numbers since he was drafted. They've been trending up. So, you know, he's he's looked good. Since he, so, okay. I got to collect myself. For an hour after I saw that news, I was like, dude, what the fuck is this kid thinking? Is he serious? Um, so he gets drafted in 2017, right? So 16-17, he's in Erie in the OHL. 66 games, 24 goals, 33 assists, 57 points. Pretty good. Uh, draft third round. Next season, uh, 17-18, 62 games. 22 goals, 37 assists, 59 points. So two more points, pretty good. Uh, he actually played in six games with Iowa that season. Uh, didn't do shit other than put up two pims. Or no, sorry, he was plus two. He didn't even put up any pims. He was just on the ice for two goals for. Uh, gets traded from Erie to Niagara. Um, I'll be honest with you. Most of the time that I see prospects get traded in the OHL, it's like, 
I wouldn't say it's a red flag. That, that's aggressive. I'm not going to say that. But it's like, eh, like the, was the team terrible? Like, let me remind you, the team in Erie, that was the DeBrincat, Dylan Strom. Uh, I think Chernak was on that team. I think Warren Fogle was on that team. That was a pretty fucking good team. Uh, I think he missed McDavid by a year. But that was like, it was a good-ass team. And he just, you know, whatever. So he goes to Niagara. 41 games, 17 goals, 28 assists, 45 points over a point per game. That's pretty damn good. So 1920, the year of COVID. Before, well, I guess like they had played 41 games by the time COVID hit and they got their season shut down. Uh, so 41 games played, same amount of same amount of games as the year before. 27 goals, 10 more goals, 35 assists, seven more assists for 62 points. Everything's looking up for this kid. He's looking great. Um, he's a really fun player to watch. So I'm sure, like, since I mentioned his name, you're like, well, tell me about how this fucking kid plays. Uh, he's a sniper. He's got a really good shot, super high skill. Skating's 50-50. Like, not the best skater in the world, but, like, not, like, not any kind of dynamic skating or whatever. Like, if anything, the skating's somewhat of a hindrance to his game. Um, but, like, when he's feeling it, and he's confident. He's fun. He's really fun to watch. So he goes to Minsk with guess who else? Brennan Manel. Sound familiar? Yeah. Um, so Manel absolutely torches the K. Just lights up Russia from the back end. Puts up a million points. I got to tell you, I watched just about every Dynamo Minsk game from last season. Um, because... They had Manel, they had Ladnia. Uh, Ladnia looked not great. Like, he had, I can't remember if he was one of the kids that, no, he didn't, he didn't have COVID, but he mentioned something about, like, it's really tough, which totally get it. Uh, he found it tough, like, adjusting um, to playing in the KHL. And I totally get that. NFL fans, hungry for a big win this week? DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, has you covered. New customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game. And if they do, you win $200 in free bets. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. It's that simple. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state or province yet, DraftKings won't leave you empty-handed. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN. Bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game and win $200 in free bets. If they win, you win with promo code THPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, Pennsylvania only, new customers only, minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLING. So, plays in 27 games, pretty limited ice time. I think there was like an eight-game stretch where his max time on ice was like eight minutes, if I remember correctly. I don't want to lie to you about that, but I'm pretty sure. Because I remember there was a time where I was like, why isn't this fucking kid playing? 
and like the Russian coach is driving nuts because there's so many kids that just like get shit minutes. And it's like, dude, like, what's the point of having them there if you're going to put them out there for like four minutes? And be like, yeah, you're done for the night. But I want to say there's an there's an eight game period where he was playing like maybe six, seven, eight minutes. He's getting like, you know, whatever, 15 shifts max. Um, so he played 27 games. He put up seven points. Only one of those points was a goal. He was dash three. Uh, he really just didn't look great. Like I remember, I think it was his one goal. It was sick. He had like a spin, spin move in a neutral zone, carried the puck in and ripped. Uh, and I was like, there, that's the Ivan Law you know, that I've watched for a couple of years. Um, so, you know, whatever, like if pretty not awesome year, but I don't really hold last year against anybody, especially like a young kid, like, especially like a prospect, like, you know, I'm not going to hold that against them and like, let that fuck up the way that I'm watching and assessing their play this year. Uh, but he, so yeah, the prospect challenge who stands out, the ones we expected, the Rossies again, first round pick Beckman, third round pick, uh, Boldy. Like they stand out. The kid like Ryan O'Rourke who played in the AHL at that, that guy stands out. Like Lambo stands out. The guys you expect to stand out, they stand out. This prospect challenge. Tell you what, Laudania was bad, and I'll tell you what, he looked like out. Of, like I mean, he couldn't even keep up with a play. And when he's at his best, he is. You can. He's one of those kids you can see it when he's feeling it, right? Like he is just involved everywhere. He's doing the fucking beaver tail with a stick, like demanding pucks and just ripping, and. I think I noticed him twice, maybe, in that prospect challenge, and, like, not for good reasons. He just looked slow, looked out of it. Certain points, I literally forgot he was there. So the idea that he's refusing to go to camp, um, again, I don't, I'm, I don't know the kid. Maybe he's honestly putting, like, two and two together and saying he doesn't really have much of a shot with this prospect pool at right wing. Uh, but I don't really know if we'll see him in the NHL. Maybe we will, but I don't really know if teams are going to line up to get Ivan Ladnia. Like, I don't know many teams that are like, oh, man, we really need a right wing, right shot, high skill, pretty good accurate shot kid that's that's the key to us being good again that's the prospect we have to go get there's about like 70 other guys that they could just go and get and so i hope he gets a chance i don't see a future for ivan ladnia with the minnesota wild i don't love the kid thought he would pan out uh really fun to watch again when he's feeling it he was trending up until covid um, so I'm hoping for the best for the kid, but th- not reporting to camp really kind of rubs me the wrong way. Um, especially when it wasn't like, wasn't like he had, like he played with Iowa last season, you know, like it wasn't as though he played a full season in the AHL and they were sending him back. He's played what? Six AHL games. Let me check before I lie to you again. Um, I think he's played like six total AHL games. Yeah, he's played six AHL games. 
the idea that this is some slap in the face that you're not good enough. You have to go like, dude, come on, man. Like, whatever. Uh, again, I'm, I gotta like stop myself from going off. Um, but if he's going to refuse to go to Iowa city, that's literally like an hour, hour and a half away from the AHL squad, then fine. Um, maybe he'll go back to Russia and play. Maybe a team will want him. Um, but I, I, yeah, I can't really wrap my brain around him being so insulted about being cut from that team. So all the best to him, but I think you've probably seen the last of him in a wild jersey. Okay, so let's move on. 35 minutes. Jesus Christ. Um, should I talk about... Let's talk about Iowa. Um. Let's talk about the AHL. We have to, right? They looked pretty damn good uh, in that first game. Again, I watched probably half of both games. Didn't get to catch the whole one of either. Um, It was interesting. It was like the special teams in game one. They went seven for seven on the PK. Uh, they were grinding hard. They're playing in Texas. Not a not an easy place to go. I feel like they play Texas. I feel like every AHL game I watched last season was Iowa versus Texas. I don't know why. Um, just felt like that. Um, but I thought the line combinations were interesting. I gotta find them again. I wrote them down. Uh, Rossi and Beckman were on the same line. I loved that, and I did love that they were playing with Mason Shaw. Um, love Shaw. Love him. Resilient bastard tore his tore every ligament in his knee like 15 times and he's still playing. Came back, he scored that goal in preseason. Everyone's fired up for him. So he's a leader, he's a good kid. I'm glad they're playing with him until Boldy comes back. I hope when Boldy returns from injury, he's gonna play with them. I would love that. Um, that would be sweet. Uh, let's see, but I think the first line was something like I don't lie again, but Dewar, Rao, and uh, Sweeney. Sweeney plays hard, man. <laughs> that kid, he'll hit anything. Um, how much of his game translates like NHL level hockey? I have no clue. Probably not a ton, but like it's not for a lack of effort. That kid works his balls off. Um, so, first game, I think they won t- 2 nothing. Uh, the handler burglar stood in his head at times. Uh, people freaked out because Addison was technically on the third pair. He played like 20 minutes. So I think that was not accurate. The whole like third pair thing wasn't like a really, it wasn't worth freaking out about. He looks really good. Uh, it's so funny, man. He's like little and he looks very unassuming. You listen to him talk and he's super quiet. But that kid's got a chip on his shoulder. Every time there's a whistle, he's just like whacking guys. He's getting involved in scrums. And it's like, all right, I guess that's what this kid's about. Um, tough kid. I love I love Kalen Asin. He looked great. Um, he quarterbacks a, a power play. I, I have a lot of time for those D-men who quarterback power plays in the blue line they've got someone closing in on them 
and they're able to under pressure just make a little flip pass over their stick but like no panic like a high panic threshold for me is like i love that especially when someone's quarterback in a power play um and he showed that on numerous occasions and that's just Kalen addison looked awesome um i mean bill Guerin said addison beckman boldy rossi they're probably all ready to play in the nhl are they ready to be those prospects those players that we think they're going to be no they're not going to be able to be that yet so it's okay we're all good here uh other guys i thought looked really good uh churchman looked really good cannot believe that's how you say his name uh cannot believe that at all joe hicketts looked awesome uh he assisted on rossi's goal which was sick uh but that really nice feed he looked really good i actually like that autumn bright kid i thought he looked pretty good um steady eddie plays hard didn't know who he was until about four days ago uh but he looked good for them um and then forwards like damian drew was their 4c i was kind of disappointed in that but then you look at who's in front of him and you understand it a little bit but i don't know i got really high hopes for damian drew i think he's super smart i think he's sneaky pretty skilled um ever since he was drafted his production like skyrocketed uh, natural leader, smart hockey player. I'm, I'm a Damian Giroux guy. Is there a path to Minnesota for him from Iowa? I have no idea. But I thought he looked pretty good. I noticed him a few times. Um, just a smart hockey player. Um, I like Damian Giroux a lot. Now, the obvious ones, the one everyone wants to know about, Rossi Beckman. Uh both looked a little bit uncomfortable in their in the first game. I thought that was interesting, especially considering Beckman had played in the AHL before, um, albeit in a limited sample size. Looked a little bit tentative. I don't know if it was the combination of them playing together with Shaw. Don't know if it was just like first game jitters. Um, they didn't look bad. Like they didn't like hurt the team at all. Um, I think Beckman had like two shots on goal. I think Rossi had one, maybe. Um, again, Rossi's more of a playmaker anyways, but I thought they both were, like, trying to get their bearings, it kind of seemed like, in the first game. Uh, but they were a lot better in game two. Obviously, Rossi scored. That goal was awesome. Um, even, bef- like, when he's flying and he's buzzing and he's confident, like, he is a blast. He In one shift, he'll, like, Pick the puck up behind his own net, carry it in, dump it in, forecheck, hit a guy, pick it up again, walk someone else, feed someone back door goal. Thanks for coming. Fight someone after the whistle. That's just Marco Rossi. Um, and I thought in game two, he looked like a kid. I was like, yeah, no, I belong. Like, I'm better than everybody here. And he got rewarded with a goal. It was a great goal. It was a great feed from Hicketts. I'm pretty sure it was Hicketts. Um, but even before that goal, he was dishing from behind the net. Um, I, love, I love that kid. I was really hoping one of my two teams, Boston or Minnesota, would end up with Marco Rossi. Uh, Boston didn't pick until like the second round, so that was never going to happen. Um, but I was fired up when Buffalo decided to not take him. Um, but yeah, they both looked pretty good. Um, I thought I think Beckman has more to give there. 
again, not for lack of effort. Again, I just think he looked first game like a little bit uncomfortable. And then it was interesting because he played with Rossi in the preseason a little bit. But I, th- I thought he still looked a little bit uncomfortable. Um, but I have no doubts that he's going to put up numbers this season in the A, especially when Boldy comes back. If that line is back on the left with Rossi, the Rossi centering him and uh, Boldy, that's going to be very fun. I think they're going to tear apart the AHL. Um, other guys that look good, obviously Dewar. Uh, I think game one, he had a goal and assist. I think he's probably going to get, and this will rattle everybody, he's probably the one they're going to call up first if there's an injury in that bottom six because his game is probably more translatable to what Everson would want in that bottom six than someone like Amar Rossi or Adam Beckman or Matt Boldy. He can play any forward position. Uh, he's super fast, sneaky skill. He's got a good shot. Uh, defensively, he's solid. Um, if you remember, it was pretty much between him and Duhame. It wasn't. It was never Beckman and never Boldy to take. Maybe Boldy to take that last roster spot. It was between those two, Dewar and Duhame, the two Deweys. Um, yeah, he he's one of those. He's one of those kids. Might be like a little bit too good for the AHL. Not good enough for the NHL. I don't really know. But I think if there's an injury in that bottom six this season, I think Dewar might be the one they call first. Um, just because, again, they're not going to be looking for someone on that first power play unit. Probably not even the second power play unit. Who knows? I mean, again, who knows who gets injured? Because, I mean, those things happen. But um, I fully expect Dewar to probably be the one they call first. Uh, let's see. That's pretty much all I really want to talk about with the AHL. I want to see, I know Hovenoff didn't come in in super good shape, which really doesn't bode well for him considering he's not a great skater in the first place. So that's kind of disappointing, but it sounds like there were like visa issues and he's all fucked up. So I'm going to give him the benefit of, of the doubt on that one. Um, but he's another one, super high ceiling in terms of like where he could end up. Um, also super low floor. You could never play a game for all I fucking know. To be honest with these Russians, I never have any idea how it's going to go with them. So I'm excited. Hopefully he's working towards getting the lineup because <laughs> I really want to see him play the AHL. Um, cause he's a really fucking good hockey player. So let's hope we see him soon. Cause Again, that Iowa team is stacked. They're fucking loaded, and they're really fun. I'd love to see Hovanov in there. Dual threat, that shot, playmaker. Um, but if he comes in out of shape, he already can't really skate that well, so that's really not great. doesn't bode well for him for a future lineup spot. Um, so, yeah, that's the AHL. Now, let's just do a quick prospect roundup. Um, there were a million games this week. I caught most of them and the ones I didn't catch their games. I went back days later and rewatched a bunch of their shifts. The Euro guys are harder to watch. Fortunately, ESPN now has that KHL deal. Uh, The problem being for whatever fucking reason, they love playing bars, Kazan games and Boris games. Don't know why. No clue. Uh, a bunch of the Siska games they played, both Svetlikov and Guskov were hurt. And I think they've aired one Ska game for who's Nadinov. So 
they were her, you know, you I have my ways to watch them. Um, so I watched most of their shifts, but uh the both the Johansons, Philip and Simon, Simone, whatever the fuck, uh, they're harder to watch. Uh Wallstead's harder to watch. He looks unbelievable, by the way, for an 18-year-old kid in the SHL. The games I did watch of him. Um, who else is over there? Is that it? That might be it. Off the top of my head. Yeah. Yeah, it's those guys. Uh, they're harder to watch. Um, I'll just skim through those. You know, let's just skim through them right now. So, I guess I can't really skim through who's in DDoff, can I? So you heard me last week talk about who I was a little bit disappointed, even feels harsh to say, but you know, his, his minutes admittedly deservingly went down. He was getting less looks on special teams. Less not true. Less power play looks. His PK time pretty much just stayed the same. Um, I was really mad. Really mad this week. Um, so Nikita Gusev, who led the KHL his last season there in points and everything, whatever, top scorer, got released from Toronto from his PTO. Scott immediately signed him again. Um, and they just put him at second line left wing. Just threw him there. Uh, so that bumped Huznadinov down to the third line. And a Blue Jackets prospect, Marchenko, who's nasty, an absolute sniper, uh, super high skill, ridiculous. He'll uh, he'll be in the NHL, no problem. Two years, he's going to be a regular. Um, but just took their minutes, like, totally. On the power play, I think Huznadinov, like, Played on like maybe a combined 20 seconds of power play time. It really pissed me off because I'll tell you what, he looked like shit, Gusev did. And I don't know why. Like he technically got an assist. Like the puck bounced off his skate, landed on someone's tape with an open net, and he scored. So he got an assist for it. But like he killed like four of their power plays this week. And I was like, what the fuck, dude? Like, whatever. So his his minutes stayed around 13, 14, 15 minutes uh, down from the beginning of the year when he started on fire. He was playing like 18. Um, but I tell you, what, he looked good this week, though. Which actually pissed me off more that Gusev was just getting free minutes from him. Um, but that kid's fucking awesome. He had a, I don't think he put up any points this week. Let me look at my notes. Yeah, no points, four shots. He had five blocks. And he took one face off this week and won it. Uh, power play minutes went way down, um, but a ton of time in the PK. And I want to say a couple of those his shots came on the penalty kill. He's a magician with his stick, super active stick, um, much like Freddie Gaudreau showed in those first two games. Just kind of like has that knack where maybe it's a lot of high, hockey IQ combined with like pure luck where when he just throws his stick out there, the puck naturally just hits it when he's defending. And the thing I've said about Huzadinov, it does not take him very long to hit top speed, even from like a dead standstill. And 
He's actually really fun to watch on the PK because he's not going to win the puck from you, gain gain the blue line, and like get the exit with a dump in. He's going to carry it. He's going to wait. So there are a few times that he was breaking up plays, skating down the ice, waiting for trailers, and they were like, no, dude, we're on the PK. Just dump it in. And you could see it in his face. He was like kind of annoyed. And he would just like dump it in and change. Um, but yeah, he looked really good, man. Um, he had one chance that it just looked like a sure goal. He got fucking robbed with a sick save. Um, but he probably set up four scoring chances on the penalty kill. Um, so that was a really, really good week from him. Did not put up any numbers, obviously, in terms of like goals or assists or points or whatever. But in terms of like how I wasn't like carving him last week, but I was kind of just like, yeah, it wasn't the same. Who's in Dinov? I've seen. Um, but he had a really good week considering his ice time went down. And then his last game uh, yesterday or two days ago, can't remember. Uh, but he went back up the second line with Gusev, but he was playing right wing. So again, like I know the Wild see him as a center still, and I absolutely think of the NHL when he does make it over, he's going to be a center. But much the way that Caprizov and Fiala are, whether he's playing on the wing or a center, he's a natural playmaker. He's an elite skater, super high skill, super, super smart, hockey IQ off the charts. Um you can play in any situation. So whether he's in the wing or whether he's the center does not matter. This kid's legit. He's for real. Everything he does is absolutely projectable to the NHL. Um, and I don't think it'll take him too long to adjust when he does come over. So good week from him. Really fun to watch. I love that kid. He's awesome. Fucking works so hard. He, he grinds. He got hit in the face. He took a high stick to the face. So he drew a couple penalties too. So good for him. Um, so he's up to 18 games, three goals, five assists, eight points, plus five. So good week for him, What even though there was no actual points or whatever. Uh, the other guys in the KHL, I was going to, I waited for them again today, just like last week. Uh, Svetlakov and Guskov. Fortunately, they both play on Siska. So Matt Bay Guskov, 2019 fifth round pick, um, plays a 200 foot game, sneaky skill, decent skater. Um, when he plays angry, I recently discovered because I went back and looked through notes. I looked through old scouting reports, looked at his games in London. Um, he, he has games where he's playing angry. He's going to hit everything that moves. He's going to fight. Not like he's looking to drop the gloves, but sometimes his wires cross and he will. And like I said last week, he dropped the gloves with Yori Latera, who's like 30 pounds heavier, and he did fine. He got the takedown. Um, played three games. They played three games this week. Uh, he looked all right. He looked fine, not getting as much power play time as he was before, getting about the same penalty kill time. Um, let's see. So those three games, he had six shots on goal. Had an assist today, so that was good. Good to see. Um, he actually, so today it was interesting when I was watching because today they were two of like three guys with games. Um, he was ending up on the ice a lot with Svetlakov, and they looked really good together. Um, but yeah, it was you know it's good to see though because Guskov's obviously natural center, but playing a lot of wing, and he's playing a lot of left and right wing, left shot. But he's a super smart player. His specialty is like, let's say everything he does projects to the NHL on a really good team. He's going to be that like prototypical three C, right? Where he's playing that two hundred foot game, he's killing penalties. 
Um, he's on like a second power play unit. Um, net front guy. He's really good in tight spaces with the puck. He's super smart. Um, I like him a lot. Uh, Sergei Fedorov kind of pisses me off, the coach that fucks him over some ice time sometimes. But this week he played well enough where he got himself back up to like 14, 15 minutes. Um, in every game I watch, I'm like, he's maybe it's because I'm looking for him, but I notice him 90% of his shifts. I'm also looking for like the little things that I project as like hockey IQ. Um, are you gaining the red line if you're going to dump it in and change? Or are you just like getting the puck on your stick in your own zone? Just like flipping it out. He's always looking for that like zone exit pass. He's not looking to dump it out, which I really like a lot. Um, he's got like a pretty slight frame. I think he's like 6'1", maybe 180, probably 170, to be honest with you. Uh, but he plays hard, man. He's not easy to just like nudge off the puck, which I also like. Um, so he looked good. Had the assist today. We'll take that. Um, never going to be a big time point producer, but really reliable, steady Eddie, 3C, do your job kind of guy. And so he had a good week. And Svetlakov, dude, I said it last week. I'm rooting for this fucking kid. I like, again, I believe I said it last episode, but will he make it to the NHL? The odds are stacked against him. They really are. They're really stacked against anyone drafted outside like the first round, second round anyways. But um, three games this week, he put up a goal. I want to say he had like seven or eight shots on net, plus rating. Um, This kid wins almost every faceoff. He's at like 60% this season. Um like I said last week, dude, maybe that's how he makes the NHL. You know, the wild suck at winning faceoffs. That was kind of their demise on a lot of nights last season. So, you know, fuck it. Maybe that's what you bring him in for. Obviously, that's pretty sarcastic. Um, but he's been Siska's 4C for like three years. Um, and because of how reliable he is and how sneaky skilled he is, to be honest with you, um, I'm not going to sit here and tell you he's a playmaker, but in a fourth line, fourth line role, he's logging well over 15 minutes a night in the KHL. KHL's a good fucking league, man. Defensively, he's fine. He's a big boy. He hits everything that moves, block shots. Um, and I'll tell you what, if my fourth line center's chipping in 15 minutes of time on ice plus getting three shots on goal, putting up like a little less than half a point a game. Yeah, I'll take that all fucking day. So good for him. Today, he actually got to play on the second line. I think he played his season high time on ice. Again, he was hurt from their last playoff. They went to the finals last season versus uh, Omsk and Omsk won, but he's played in like five games this season now since he's returned from injury, and he's been one of their best players, and he's been rewarded with the ice time, so... Again, I'm rooting for this kid. He's been he's looked so fucking good every goddamn game. He's super noticeable. Played a, again, like I said earlier, he played he ended up on the ice with Guskov a lot um today. Um so they kind of both played their way up, got more ice time, looked really good, both stood out today. 
Um, and I was really happy that he scored. I'm like, I'm really, ha- I'm pulling for this kid because he's just. I said it last week. His quotes after his first game, I, re- I just, I don't know, something, something resonated with the way he kind of carries himself, how he plays. Doesn't really give a shit if he's second line center, fourth line center. He's gonna play hard every shift. And today you could see it, like he'd throw a hit, and you could, he's still hurt. And I don't know if it was his knee. I don't know what he hurt. Um, but he was grimacing a little bit. But then he would come right back out. He's getting double shifted at points today. Um, so kind of like an offensive-minded fourth liner if he's going to make it in the NHL, which, hey, you know, I'm not going to complain. So both Guskov, Svetlakov, they had good weeks for Siska, even though I think they went one and two. Um, but they both looked really good. Moving on. Jesper Wallstedt. Jesus Christ, this kid is unbelievable. Um, if you go by goals against and save percentage, you're going to be like, oh, my God, why is everyone hyping this kid up? Why was everyone saying his ceiling so high? Well, well, well. You have any idea how hard it is to be 18 years old and start in the SHL? You're playing against like 30-year-olds who have been snipers everywhere, guys that got drafted in the NHL, whether they made it or not, a um, bunch of guys that played a lot of games in the NHL and ended up back in Sweden. And he went, what do you go, three? Uh, no, he started two games this week, went 2-0. and uh, And they were both those games, they kind of got shelled, uh, and he won both games. Um, I don't know. He's, I've said this before, but there were a lot of people that had him, a lot of people who rate goalies super high in terms of drafts have said that, especially given the weakness of this past, the 2021 draft, uh, he had the highest ceiling out of everybody. Um, there's no doubt in my mind, he's your future number one. What happens with Kakinen? No clue. No idea. I think he's gonna be a really good NHL backup. Or if you look at a lot of teams that find success now, they're going with the 1A, 1B. I think he could be a good 1B. Um, but Wallstead, no doubt about it, he's your number one future goaltender. He's going to be one of the best goaltenders in the NHL when he does make it. Um, and he's been so good in the games that I've watched for him. Um, 18 years old, playing in any top league in the world is legit. Not easy thing to do. Um in the way he plays, it's he's an electric goaltender, man. He's just solid. He like I never know how to really depict skating for goaltenders, but he moves really well. Like he doesn't get there aren't a lot of shots that beat him where you're like, oh, he couldn't go like right to left quick enough. Like he's usually there and the and he doesn't like give up cheap goals. And he fucking battles. He might give up two goals in the first period. And especially for an 18-year-old kid playing in a pro league, it's probably pretty easy to shut down. I'm a pigeon, so I know I would. Um, but it kind of, like, fires him up, you know? Like, if he lets one in early, it's a good chance he's not letting another one in. Um, so he looked really good in both their games. Um, I think he's at like I think he's, like, 5-0-2 now, 5-2-0, something like that. Um but do not underestimate an 18-year-old kid playing in the SHL against elite shooters winning a single game, making a save. It's not easy to do. So he's your future number one. Unbelievable unbelievable that he fell to 20 in the draft or whatever, whatever, like 19, 20. I don't even know what to count it as. Um, but yeah, every game, 
He looks solid. He's winning games for Lulea um, on a pretty average, to be honest with you. Lulea team, they lost a lot of guys. Um, so he's looked really good. Uh, let's just move on because he's a goaltender, and goaltenders are really hard for me to talk about. Uh, both the Johansons, Philip, everyone's favorite first round pick in 2018. He had a really good week. He had a really good week. He played in two league games in Finland. Had a goal and assist the other day. Might have been an empty net. Who cares? Um, he's getting 16, 17, 18 minutes. Um, he's it's funny, man. He'll put up. He'll have a game like he did the other day. Where he'll he'll have a goal and an assist. Look really good. Look confident. Throw hits, which is pretty rare for him. Um, put shots on net. And then there are games where you just sit there like, I can't even believe the kid got drafted in the NHL. Um, usually, Frolunda is a really strong team. They're, the games I've watched this season, I've been less inspired. Uh, he's kind of behind Simon Edvidson, depending how you feel about that kid that went in 2021 to Detroit. Um, so he's not getting the primetime minutes that maybe he could excel in, but I'll be honest with you. I think where they haven't pegged second, third pair is probably about right. Uh, but he had a good week. He had a good week. I'll be honest with you. Uh, <laughs> he put up nine shots in two games. So defensively, he looked fine. The games I watched, the games I watched like half of his games. Um, you know, the odds are stacked against them. I've said this before. He, in terms of making it to Minnesota playing the NHL, they're very much stacked against them. So we'll, we'll see, but Hey, you know, we'll take a good, you understand it. it, Not all draft picks are sure things, right? So you have to temper your expectations with kids drafted, like outside the top 10. You really do. Um, Maybe, you know, he finishes his contract with Frolanda, comes to the AHL, does really well. And eventually he finds his way to the NHL. I think, again, I don't know how likely that is, but, um yeah with these kids if they if they have a good week like i'm gonna be happy for them. i'm gonna hype them up i'm not gonna try to I'm gonna try not to shit on them which maybe i have for the last five minutes about johansson or philip johansson um but you know what good week we'll take it let's just let's just roll with that okay let's just be happy for the kid and move on uh simon johansson had a pretty good week too on a really dog shit ilves Definitely not how you say that name. Uh, he had a he looked pretty good. I watched a little bit of their games because they also have uh, Matias Mantikivi, a Boston prospect, um, and he kind of moved up to playing with um, this kid Leo Loof, who was a draft pick for St. Louis a couple years ago. Um. And he's kind of had to be the rock between the two of them. He's a right shot, so automatically he's a good pick. You know, I think he was a fifth round pick that year. Uh, but yeah, right shot. He's playing like 18 minutes now. Um, he's putting up shots finally. It took him fucking forever to feel comfortable shooting the fucking puck. Um, I don't think he put any points this week. I think he's got like two assists this season. But that team is very hard to watch. Um, but he looked good too. So I want to say they went one and two this week. I really should have looked this up before. Um, but the games I tracked with him, if he's putting up 15, 16, 17, 18 minutes, 
um, and like not drowning, I think that's a good sign. So fifth round pick and 20, whatever, 18, uh, again, very much odds stacked against them making the team, but he looked pretty good, man. He did. Uh, in one of the games where he played like 16 minutes, like six shots on goal, he was just firing everything from anywhere. I think at one point in an empty net and he was like, yep, I'm shooting. Um, which is dumb, you know, if you're behind your own net going for a shot on goal here, but I like that your coach is throwing you out there when you have an empty net, when you're defending the lead and you're trying to win a game. If you're one of the guys that they throw out in the ice, I like that. So good for him. Good week for him. Um, and we can move on from Europe because I get, they're really hard to watch with the streaming options that I have. Once again, I said, we're going to keep it short this week. We're already at an hour 10. So let's just move on college guys. Not great. Not well, I shouldn't say that. It wasn't awesome. Other than like Jack Pert. Um, and the BC kids. Uh, first off, didn't do anything. Um, he played two games for UConn. They lost both. Did the thing where he just shoots. That's pretty much what he does. He's a shooter. But they, I watched one game in full, and they looked terrible. He didn't stand out other than, like, shooting from funny angles. But, like, even for him, like, two shots on goal is nothing. Like, that's just not a lot. But it, I'm not going to hold it against him because the UConn team's not great in the first place. Um, and he kind of just fit in with that. He didn't look great. Um, especially everyone's all excited because he put up three game, three goals in his first three games. Um, but yeah, so didn't put up any points. He was dash two. I think he had three shots on goal. They got smoked three, nothing. And then they lost four, three in overtime. I think both were to Ohio state, I believe. Um, but he was kind of there. I don't know. Not a whole, not a whole lot to report for first off. Um, again, just shooting from funny angles, which I always enjoy because just not because it's a good thing, just because it's funny. Um, but yeah, whatever. That's just how that's how it goes with him. Our Saint Cloud boys, they looked pretty good, man. Uh, I still don't know how to say Sam Hent Jess Hentkiss. Couldn't tell you. He played in one game. I don't know if he was, I'm guessing he was hurt, uh, but he scored. So that was good. Uh, it was a rip. This is what he does. But he also, um, he blocked a shot. He doesn't usually do that. Doesn't like to block shots. Doesn't like to play a whole lot of defense in the first place. But um, he looked all right. He looked fine. I'll take the goal. Only three shots on goal in his game that he did play in, which is about 15 less than usual. Um, but hey, he scored a good goal, so we'll take it. Uh, Jack Pert scored his first college hockey goal. He looked really good. Um, he's a kid that, like, unless you're going in looking to watch him play, he surprises you every game where you're saying, oh, wow, they, that was a really nice... Trying to think of how to 
escapes maybe i don't know like clean zone exits that like when you're under pressure and you can find that first pass through guys not like the easy pass out but the one that's going to get you through the neutral zone and create that offensive chance that's what he does really well um scored a goal had a couple blocks and i think it was the goal the game that he scored in but st cloud got fucked absolutely hosed in overtime against Mankato. Or was it Duluth? Was it Mankato? Again, probably should have looked it up, but it's 2 in the morning. So, oh, No, it's 3 in the morning, so who gives a shit? Um, either way, he looks great. Scored a goal. So six games now. He's got a goal, three assists, four points. Um, he takes like a minor penalty every game, which is interesting. For like tripping, holding. I'm like, dude, if you're going to take a... If you're gonna take some pims, like cross check someone in the face. Not actually. Maybe don't do that because I think in college you'll get banned, but like whatever. Uh, but he looked really good. Second round pick this year. There are a couple of you that had him pegged for the first round. Um, but he's fit right in on a really good St. Cloud team. Um, so good for him. Really happy. Again, St. Cloud got fucked by the refs, which the league came out and we're like, yeah, no, that that ref fucked them over. So that's kind of brutal. Um, but whatever. He scored. He had a good week. Looks really good. That was a really good pick in the second round. Um, I have really high hopes for him, especially in this crop of D-men that the Minnesota Wild have uh, drafted. Uh, then we got our three BC boys, Jack McBain, Marshall Warren, Nikita Nesterenko. Um, Marshall Warren obviously got Hockey's Player of the Week. He looked really good uh, this week. Two games. He had one goal, five shots, uh, one block. I want to say, I think one block, one block. But once again, he's on that second pair with St. Ivany and he's just rock solid. Um, just out of curiosity, I went back and looked at where he was pegged to go in the draft and it was like 80 picks before the wild got him. So that ended up, I think that's, uh, I mean, they got good value there. Um, but he's a big boy, probably more offensive minded than defensive minded, but like, again, who cares? Um, he looks good. Not the same week he had, obviously the week he got hockey East mentioned, but, um, he's a really important player for BC. Uh, he's on the ice in key situations, which I love. Um, they obviously rely on him a lot. He's taken, he looked good last season, but he's taken a huge step this year. Um, I think with the guys that BC lost, that was super important for them. So he had another good week. Uh, he had a goal. So now he's up to, I think, two goals, two assists in four games. Um, he's been ripping shots. He's been shooting, which I didn't, you know, he's got a good shot, but like watching him from last season to this season, he clearly has matured a little bit and just like grown up is far more comfortable like knowing that he's a good player. He just looks more confident on the ice. Um he's a good skater too. Jack McBain had a hell of a fucking week. So again, BC loses a bunch of guys last season and now Jack McBain steps up and he's their first line center. Um playing with Cruz and Ambrosio, so automatically he becomes a very important player for them. Um, and he has shown that he is not uncomfortable with that whatsoever. 
Um, he had four points this week. He had three assists. Um, one of them against who were they playing? Northeastern. Uh, they went down three nothing or three one pretty early, and he assisted on the game tying goal to McLaughlin. Uh, this kid, Mark McLaughlin, who will be in the NHL soon. He's a senior. He went undrafted. I watched him in person at the Bruins development camp, and he is he was a top five player there. Easy. Um, but McBain was unbelievable this week. Both ends of the ice, putting up points, blocking shots, winning faceoffs. Um, I thought he had not a rough first two games this season, but like, Again, I said with like Beckman and Rossi, he looked a little bit uncomfortable playing those first two games. And now all of a sudden he's just kind of like, you know what? I'm going to take this by storm and take this one C opportunity and run with it. And I thought this week he was a monster. So good for him. Really happy. Um, yeah. One of those games, he had three, he had three assists in one game. So I, that, that'll work. We'll take that. And he's shooting the puck. Finally, he had eight shots in one of the games. So good for him. Big week for him. Um, yeah. Nestor Anko is he's third line, second line, right wing, natural center. He looks fine. He looks okay. I think he had I want to say assists in both games. So I think at this point he's got two assists through four games. He looked better than he did last week. He's playing with McLaughlin. Uh, and he's playing with Kuntar. Kuntar is a Bruins pick, so naturally I watch him a little bit more. Um but yeah, he's a versatile player. He's okay. In his own zone, center or the wing, either wing, he can play. Um, BC's in a little bit of a weird year, like I said, where they lost a bunch of guys and they need some players to step up. Nestoranko being one of them, and for the most part, like for what you're expecting from Nestoranko, he looks fine. Um, hey, but assists in both games, so good for him. But yeah, BC boys kind of just did their thing. I think they went one on one this week. But moving on. Let's talk about the juniors. I'm not going to, I want to talk about our Kamloops boys and Josh Pillar and Caden Bank here. I'll briefly talk about Lambos because he's just doing his fucking thing. Um, I'll talk a little bit about Kyle Masters, but mostly because I think I had him pegged wrong last week. Um, but once again, Damon Hunt, Jesus Christ. Let's just start with Damon Hunt. Um, so three games, puts up four points, goal and three assists. He was third star in one game, second star in another game. So the WHL, their stats or whatever, I'm sure there's like a service you could pay for, which I'm not going to do. Um, they don't really track time on ice publicly. So I did for two of his three games. Um, the last game that he played in, <laughs> he had two assists. They So they lose 4-3. I think they gave up three power play goals. Yeah, they did. Uh, so they lose 4-3. He was a plus three with two assists. Um, didn't get... I really want to know who's doing their stats for the WHL because I know I actually watched him have three shots on goal in like the second period and he got credited with zero. Um, but he gets... So they lose... Again, they lose 4-3. He's a plus three. He's two assists. He gets second star. Um, this kid's a fucking monster. He, I think that game he played 28 minutes, um, including the last like minute and 45 when they were chasing the game. All situations, first power play, first PK, uh, five on five, he's getting double shifted. 
Um, he plays with Denton Matejchuk, who's going to go in the first round this year. They're a really good pair. They're so they're solid. Um, but like I said last week, this kid's just a fucking alpha. He took like an accidental kind of cheap knee on knee, like not really. Like I think he was carrying the puck in. Um, someone was offsides, and the kid that was going to hit him like let up a little bit, tried to get out of the way, still hit his knee, and Hunt just chased him down, threw him against the boards, trying to get him to fight, wouldn't do it, starts laughing in his face. Um, but he's just an alpha. He's just a goddamn animal. Um, another thing I like about him, especially in today's NHL, he can play left side or on the right side. He's a left shot. Um, I don't know why, but for me, I just like that versatility, but talk about a kid with absolutely zero panic. Um, you'll have guys in his face at the blue line on the power play where like you can't cough up the puck or it's an odd man rush the other way, or it's a breakaway the other way. And he's just dishing. He's got an absolute back scratching bomb of a slap shot. Um, he's unbelievable. Like, I would imagine if I tracked all of his games, his lowest time on ice is probably like 24 minutes. Um, you know, he's just, he's their go to. That team goes how he goes. Um, there are a couple of really good kids on the team, but like, he is the heartbeat of that Moose Jaw team. Um, so I think they went one and two, if I remember correctly. Um, but he still he still puts up four points. Gets second and third star. Gets a couple of pims. Doesn't get credited with the shots on goal. He definitely has. But he's a kid, like I said last week, that people should be excited about and keep an ear out for because he's I I believe in Damon Hunt. I think he he played in AHL games last season. I he just before I lie to you again for like the 19,000th time. Um, I'm like 90% sure he played AHL games last season. Hoppy, don't edit this out. Or Isha, whoever the fuck's editing this. Just leave it in. It's fine. People love it. Um, yeah, last, yeah, last year he played six games. Had a goal. More than uh, Ivan Ladnia, who refused to go to camp. Um but he's he'll finish this year with Moose Jaw, go right to the AHL, and I think he's going to produce. I think he's going to be a big part of their team, and I think he's a kid you're going to see with Minnesota eventually, um, probably two years down the line, maybe three. But he's legit, man. Like Again, captain, he's the heartbeat of that team. Like, it, there are some prospects that I begrudgingly have to watch, um, I'd happily watch every Damon Hunt game twice, back to back. Don't care. He's awesome. Really good week once again, even when they were losing. Um, just a solid player. Really fun prospect to watch. Good kid to root for. Let's talk about Cam Loops. Let's talk about Caden Bank here. Let's talk about Josh Pillar. Unbelievable weeks for both of them, obviously, in terms of production. Uh, Caden Bank here. Let's see. They had four games this week. He put up four, five goals. <laughs> uh, three assists, I want to say. So I think now he's up to six goals, three assists, nine points in six games. Uh, four of those goals on the power play. Here's my thing. Caden Bank here was a solid pick. Love his game. Love the way he plays. 
He's looked unbelievable. Natural playmaker. Sneaky goal scorer. He's got a decent shot. He's not going to beat you from distance, but he's always going to be in the right spot where you find his tape, he's going to score. He's always there on rebounds. He's always there at the net front. He's just in the right spots 90% of the time. Really smart hockey player. Here's my, not beef, that sounds bad. The thing I want to see, and this is less less so with Pillar. Um, so Bank here and Pillar both play on a line with Stankoven, Logan Stankoven, who went to Dallas this past draft, I believe in the second round, might have been a third round. I can't remember if it was, yeah, no, I think he went second round. I think Ayrton Martino went third round. Logan Stankoven is one of the best players in the WHL. If he wasn't five foot nothing, uh, he would have been a first round pick. No problem. He drives that line big time, big time. So a lot of uh, Bankier's production comes on the back of, even if he's not getting the first or second assist, a lot of it has to do with Stankoven driving the play. Um, and honestly, at times, Matt's Lingren play, who's a defenseman who's going to be drafted this year in the second or third round, probably. But he's looked unbelievable. Um, first game of the year, Bank here was centering the second line. Since then, he's been on that first line left wing with Pillar on the right and Stank over in the middle. I would much rather have this kid not produce maybe as much but play on that second line where he is the play driver. Cause right now he's not the play driver. He's capitalizing on Stankoven. And uh, to be honest with you at times, pillar pillar has been unbelievable. He's looked, but he's older than like everybody. He's an overager. Um, I'm not going to hold that against him though. He's, he's, he's been unbelievable, but bank here is just kind of like cashing in, right? Like, I don't want to be I, like I. He's he's been really good. He's played really well. Like that's what I'm trying to say. He's been play, obviously he went off this week. Um, and he's got nine points in six games. Like, but for me, he right now he's cashing in the power play. He's cashing in on the back of Logan Stankov and how he's playing. So I love this prospect. I think it was a really good pick. I think he's played really well. He's stood out every game. Um. But at the same time, I'd like to see him on a second line with lower players where he's the one responsible for driving the play a little bit more because he's a natural playmaker. Again, he's a, yes, it's like I said, a sneaky goal scorer, but his game is playmaking. So for me, I'd like to see him on that second line with players who are not Logan Stankov and who are not Josh Pillar and see what he can drag out of them. Um, but that's me nitpicking. So, Good for him. Awesome week. Hat trick and two assists in one of the games that they won 8-3. Um, he's getting a ton of shots. He's just shooting from everywhere, too. And the good things that I really like that I've seen is he's playing hard a lot of nights. He's finishing every hit. He's getting in scrums. He'll be a prick. Um, so that rundown sounded kind of negative, maybe. You can tell me if it did. Um, but it's more of me saying, yeah, so now I know he can play with really good players. Let me see him play with lesser players and pull something out of them. Because realistically, Kamloops, they don't have a whole lot. It's a good team. 
I think they've lost like two games, but like I just really want to see him with those less. I want to see him play center first of all, um, and be that natural playmaker that I know he is. He assisted this week on one of Josh Pillar's goals. That was un. It was a sick assist. It was really nice. Um, just put it right right on the doorstep for him. Uh, but even that play came because of Stankoven. So, um, but yeah, listen, kid had an awesome week. He's been producing at a ridiculous clip. The few games they played last year in the WHL with Kamloops, he looked really good too, and he produced really well. Um, I just would like to see him play center, be a playmaker, and see what he can pull out of the other guys on that line. Um, but again, awesome week. I'm sure he'll get player of the week honors because he should. He was unbelievable. I just like to see him not play with Logan Stankoven, who's fucking ridiculous, and see what he can do. Um, on the other side of that, Josh Pillar. Awesome. I love this kid. Overager. Um, I don't give a fuck about that, to be honest with you. I don't like taking like an overager in the first round of the draft. Um, but he went undrafted in 2020, probably for some reasons that were kind of like out of his control with COVID and shit. Um, he was so good this week. Um, he was second star in one game, third star in another game. Um, the thing I like about him is he's playing like naturally when you watch him, you just kind of assume he's like an offensive guy and he's going to just do that. But his game is kind of predicated on his skating and hockey IQ. He's a smart fucking player and he plays fucking hard and he actually defends really well. So the thing I like about him is he's on their first power play unit with bank here in Stanko, but he's also on the first PK unit. Um, and I think this week in those four games, he probably generated by himself four shorthanded chances. He sent Stankoven like two re- or rebounds, uh, two breakaways shorthanded um, that somehow Stankoven didn't finish off, uh, which is not like him. Um, but Pillar looked really good. Um, let's see. I think he had, let's see, what put up four games, two goals, two assists, I believe. So now he's up to three goals, six assists, nine points in six games, I want to say. Um, he's fighting. He hits everything that moves. He set up Stankoven on a really good chance uh, after like a minute-long shift in the offensive zone where Bank here, Stankoven, and Pillar are just getting shots, forechecking the shit out of everybody, taking pucks. I think they had like four takeaways that shift. Puck finally gets to this poor bastard in the neutral zone right at the red line. Pillar comes out of nowhere and hits this kid in a next week. He goes flying. Pillar passes the puck or like chips it in. Stankoven dangles, gets a breakaway. As Stankoven's on the breakaway, you can see Pillar starting to skate off the ice, but backwards because he's chirping this kid and begging anybody on the other team to fight him. It was incredible. Um, but he's awesome. He looked really good. Uh, he's a really fun player to watch. Really good shot. Good skater. Really smart first power play unit first pk unit just about everything you could probably ask for in like a fourth round pick um will he make it no clue we'll see he's on a good team plays again with bank here in stankoven which is one of the better lines in that league so uh but he had a really good week produced again i i just love that he plays on both pk and pp so good for him uh let's move on to lambos lambos once again did his thing Three assists in his three games, plus two, seven shots, 13 pims. I tracked his time on ice, and I am pretty sure he logs about 25 minutes a night. Uh, the other night, he put up 
24 minutes, and that was including him being in the box for seven minutes for fighting. Stepped up because he was playing with a rookie who got absolutely laid out by Regina's captain. Uh, took a hit to the head, so he stepped in, fought him, looked good. He's This kid's legit. Lambos, um, I don't really know what NHL player I'd model him after to be honest, because I think he gets miscast as purely offense. I think he's a smart defensive player. Um, His skating kind of limits him a little bit, but interestingly enough, defensively, his skating is really good. Like he's a, he can move backwards, like, like, well, it's almost like, dude, are you faster skating backwards and forwards? I don't know. Maybe, Um, but he's got a really good active stick. I think in one period of the game, uh, in one of the games I watched, he probably broke up seven different like two on ones by himself, just with that active stick and super high hockey IQ. Uh, he's a prick to play against. Again, first power play, first PK unit, getting double shifted all the time. And that Winnipeg team is fucking loaded, undefeated. They've scored like 50 something goals, they've given up 10. Um, they're just stacked. They're really fun to watch. I think I said it last week, but if you are able to watch WHL games and you have to pick one team, pick Winnipeg. Um, they've got guys that are going to go this year in the draft super high to top five, top 10 picks and Connor Geeky and Maddie Savoy. Um, Zach Benson's a 2023 draft kid and he's one of their leaders in points, but Lambos is just doing his goddamn thing. Um, once again, you got a second star rating in one of his games. Hits everything. He looks. He just looks super confident right now, which is good because he had that really nasty injury that kept him out for so many games last year. A lot of people had him in the top five in the draft. Slipped to uh, Boston, what or Boston, uh, Minnesota, like twenty six. So good for him. Really good showing. Once again, he's just been an animal. He's up to eight points in seven games, fifteen pims plus five on that stacked Winnipeg team. So. Uh, let's talk about Kyle masters for red deer. So he's not putting up any offensive numbers whatsoever, but that like, please don't read his stat line with like zeros and let that kind of determine like what player he is. He's been so good in the games that I went back and watched again. Like last week, I think I talked about a little bit without having as much as I should have. Um, so this week I really wanted to make a point to watch as many of his shifts as possible and then go back and look at scouting reports. And then everything made sense. Uh, he's on the first pair there. He's a right shot. He is like, he's kind of like, he reminds me somewhat purely from like a transition standpoint of like a right-handed Matt Grizzlick, where maybe he's not getting all the goals, all the assists. He doesn't like to shoot to be honest with you. Even though he's got a decent shot on him. I don't know why he doesn't want to use it, but um, the value that a defenseman who can get the puck out of the zone under pressure and not just flip it out or ice it when you're in trouble or hit like the obvious pass to a player who's still in your zone and then has to make a play to get out of the zone again. So it's like, you have to make three plays just to exit your own zone. Um, the value Kyle masters brings to your offense is he takes 70% of the work out 
and doesn't really get any of like the credit for it for any offense. Like no goals, no assists. Um, but on numerous occasions, he'll be retrieving pucks and he'll have two four checkers on him. And like in my head, before he even makes the play, I'm panicking myself from like thousands of miles away. Uh, like, oh my God, I'm going to get hit. I'm going to get run through the boards. He'll just pick the puck up in like the combination of like decent skating and super high hockey IQ and a very accurate, firm, smart first pass. Again, not to the obvious choice, but to the one that's going to make the next play for you, right? We're like, his pass, his play that he makes, makes the next one too. Um, and I think I saw that uh, he played three games this week. He probably did that 25 times, where it's just like, it's kind of like something that goes unheralded or whatever, but it's so important to your team that you have to talk. Like, I would imagine that in that locker room, they're like, yeah, fucking right. It's like, Masters is the guy. Like, he makes everything on the ice 10 times easier for everybody else, which is massive. So again, no points, but he did that this week, every game. And I get it now. So like he was a very good fourth round pick every, like doesn't have a ton of like point production type offense. I think there's more there than maybe he's had this year, obviously with zero, uh, but even in the past, um, but those like transition play is so translatable, especially when you're at an elite level like he is. So he's going to be one that I'm going to, I'm going to make a point to really watch his games this week um, because he's a really good player. And I think it was a really good pick, especially when they get a fourth round, fifth round. So again, no points. Um, but he put up a couple shots on goal and he's a plus four rating. Like he's just, that Red Deer team is better with him on the ice than they are without him, which is huge. So good for him. Um, I think the last kid I want to talk about is O'Rourke. He came back from being suspended. <laughs> and I'll tell you what, he picked up right where he left off. I thought he was going to get suspended again. The kid hits everything. He's a prick. He is a prick to play against. Um, some kids come back from like getting in trouble or getting suspended, and they play soft. Nope not Ryan O'Rourke. He's just much like the way Damon Hunt is just with less offense. Uh, he's just an alpha. So games where he's putting up no points, you'll just hear the commentators talking about him for half the game. Like, Oh, and there's O'Rourke again, getting another scrum. There's O'Rourke finishing his hit. Oh, what a smart play by Kyle O'Rourke. Um, I think I said last week, he kind of reminds you of a Matty Niskanen, right? Niskanen played super hard. He's a prick to play against finished every hit made a ton of plays that didn't go super noticed or whatever. Cause it wasn't a point wasn't a goal. Wasn't an assist. I think he's got more offense in him than maybe a Manny Niskanen, but he's just such a smart hockey player. Another kid that's logging like 26 minutes a night, even when he's putting up five pims for fighting. Um, but he looked really good in his, in his return and Sue doesn't the Sue They don't look as good as they usually do. Um, but he's been, he looked awesome. They lost five, three the other night. Um, I don't think he was on the ice for a goal. Again. If he was, it was on the penalty kill, but he 
let off five shots on net. That's not like him, but he came back with a vengeance from getting suspended uh, and just looked uh, super pissed off um, and played unbelievable. So he's awesome, man. I think if anyone watched him in the AHL last year, you know he's legit. That's an NHL hockey player. Um, I don't think it'll take him too long to figure that out. So I think you're going to see him sooner than later. So let him finish this year in the O, let him play in the AHL for a year, maybe half a year, and make his way back or make his way to Minnesota. So um, I want to watch more of him this week too. So I think that's all I really want to do today. Um, what do you know? I went longer than last week. Good fucking great. Way to go, idiot. I said I was going to go for 45 minutes, and I literally more than doubled it. So that's the show this week, folks. Um, I probably forgot about 15 things I wanted to say and still went for an hour and 40, so my bad. Uh, if I fuck something up, feel free to chirp me. Um, sorry, Isha, it's 4 a.m. Or Poppy, whoever's editing this. Uh, thanks for tuning in. I can't imagine there's anyone listening still. So if you are, God bless you. Uh, thank you for tuning in, and I will see you next week, hopefully with a shorter fucking episode. Later. Later.